listening, Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you, and that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening. I'd love to start connecting with you, my listeners. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes, watch for posts for each of them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can imagine the energy of connecting over these inspiring people's stories. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you have the same passion, or maybe you've been wanting to talk to someone with this thing going on. Yes, we need to talk. Come find me. In this episode, I'm talking with Michael Balshan. So I've known Michael peripherally, peripherally, that's such a tricky word, through the Oasis. And he's always been one of those people who I thought, wow, he's got like it all going on. He's always going after everything. Look at what he's doing. And actually, when I first knew him, he was recovering from a broken leg. So he was using that time to basically do self-development even further. It was kind of interesting how he was really taking advantage of the time that he had where he wasn't as mobile. I reconnected with Michael lately after realizing we were both at the same weekend seminar in California and didn't actually connect, which was kind of disappointing because here we were in the same place. Anyway, it was really fun talking with him and he is the real deal. I mean, this guy is optimizing all the time and he's got good intentions and good insight and amazing practices so enjoy this here's michael hi michael welcome to the show hey thanks thanks for having me i'm 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 so grateful and and just excited to be here i know i was thinking before we started you know this conversation um this is going to be awesome because you and i are both I think similar and that we're super enthusiastic about a lot of things. Is that about right? (laughs) That sounds right. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to have fun no matter what. So before we get started, why don't you tell people a little bit about what work you do and then we'll kind of, you know, dive all around that afterwards. Sure. So I I currently work with inspired leaders. Um, I help them fall asleep at night, just really satisfied about what they accomplished that day and excited to wake up and and do and serve and be just a little bit better. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's almost as fun as podcasting, if you ask me. (laughs) It is. It is absolutely (laughs) phenomenal. It it is literally a dream. Oh, how long have you been doing this? Uh, Full time for uh, about 18 months now. Um, And then kind of yeah, part time as as a, a fun exploration of other things for about five years. So how does one land upon this sort of gig? It sounds like um, I don't think it was on my college curriculum options. So how did you get to this? 
Yeah, you know, I I wish that it that I knew it was a thing in college. Um, <laughs> at, well, I'm I'm very grateful for the path that I that I that I did take and the path that I was on. Um, I really gained a lot a lot from it. But to answer your question, um, in many ways, I've 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 been called to do it for a long time, but I resisted. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know, you know, one that that people could actually make a, a career out of doing this, and two that that I'd be able to have kind of the impact that I've been able to. Um, so yeah, I, I, I graduated from Harvard in 09, went right into finance. Um, loved it actually really enjoyed my time there. Um, and on the side, cause this, the hours and the, the career that I was in were, were not, not so bad. I was done typically around three 30. Um, so I had a lot of time kind of in the afternoon and evening to just really work on myself, um, and spent probably, seven years just really, really consciously learning and, and practicing and doing everything that I could do to really be a better person myself. And then eventually other people started asking me to help them. I had a, a buddy from school who, who wanted to start a film production company and he asked me to to come and support him. He didn't know how to de- describe what I did early on. He said I was a consigliere. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Um, but at some point eventually, you know, realized that, that um, I was, I was willing and ready to, to try and make, make a leap into doing it full time. Um, and, and it's been kind of a rocket ship straight up, um, with, with loop to loops and stuff, <laughs> but, but you know, still moving. It, there's so much in that. I already have about 14 questions. So brace yourself. So first of all, Harvard, I didn't know that that's new information. Yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, the, that's where my son wants to go for law school. And, um, so I need to really get this gig going. <laughs> He's got big dreams it, I need to back. Anyway. It really is a, a magical place. Yeah. Um, it was not a goal of mine, kind of fell into it. But but yeah, oh. um, phenomenal experience. You know, and I don't think I've ever imagined someone coming out of Harvard saying, I had a job where I got done at 3.30 every day. Uh, you know yeah, I mean? well, and I was in there early. I was in there at, at, <laughs> at you know six six right, thirty right. Or, or, or six. So, no, I so mean, I always but... envisioned like I had this weird. Like, no, it's more perceptions, right? You just kind of have this like mental image that, oh, when you go to Harvard, you end up working like eighty hours a week all the time for the rest of your life or something. And I know that's over exaggeration, but I thought that was interesting that that's how it went. Yeah, and some people certainly do that. Um, I have a lot of friends who who did that, and um. But yeah, there, there's people that are doing doing all sorts of, of jobs, which is... I know. And I think we're getting smarter about it, too. Like you see people, and yourself included in this um, from the way that you said that, is we find ways to do, to do things that we love. And it doesn't always take as much time then because we're concentrated on it and we love it. Do you find that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think what's really exciting to me now, and, and um, I think as a result of the past, you know, 10 or 15 years, really, but when I when I was entering school, and even yeah, I didn't know what I wanted to study, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a job. Um, but everyone was doing sales and trading or, or investment banking or and going into economics. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember reading some articles about how like, we're taking kind of our, our, our brightest minds and, and funneling them into finance. And <laughs> might, <laughs> might there not be like, like more productive ways to be tapping into this brain power. Oh. And now, you know, there's, there's Silicon Valley and there's all the startups out there that are, that are attracting some pretty, pretty high caliber talent. I think mm-hmm. that's become like the new, the new finance, although there's also 
you know, the VC component of it and, and a whole other world there. But yeah, to see people who are exploring alternative paths and, and willing to create, um, really empowering and, and positive companies and, and movements and organizations like that's, that's exciting. I bet. Now, how did you, how do you, um, get to the point where you work with these executives? Like what was the path that took you to this particular demographic? Um, I, let's see. So I'm asking, I'm asking tough questions. I'm sorry. No, they're good. And, and I, I tell people like, like no, no questions are off limits and I'm, right. I'm, I'm, all happy to, to dive into it. So it really was something where it's kind of who I was at one point. I'm um, mm-hmm. just kind of like, like a natural leader. Um, mm-hmm. I love working with people who, you know, they're action oriented. They're, they're typically really well educated. They're capable mm-hmm. of doing really great things. Um, and just found kind of an ability to connect with them and have conversations that other people weren't weren't having and be willing mm-hmm. to say things that other people might not be willing to say. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's lonely at the top mm-hmm. um, and there aren't a ton of people who who are willing and able to, to sit down and have a conversation with someone, whether that's because of intimidation or, or, or lack of experience or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but to just show up and, and be super, super present and, and super, super aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, like that's, that's the most exciting thing ever is, is to be, to be working with the people who are capable of having a massive impact on, mm-hmm. on a large number of people because, um, you know, those ripples spread outwards. And so it was, how can I connect with people who are, who are really doing cool things and how can I support them? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in, in the early years, it, it wasn't there wasn't always a, a financial component to it. It was really just me trying to to connect and to serve. Mm-hmm. Um, and and over time that developed and realized, well, there, there's actually there's a need for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> my clients were like coming out, getting everything that, that they were expecting and more um, mm-hmm. and just just like hitting all their goals, exceeding all their goals, like finding these new levels of of self-awareness and calm and clarity and, and the business would, you know, I had people who some of my first couple, um, professional clients were, were leaders of trading desks. Um, and they're, you know, they're, they're the money that they would make would like increase by three or four times. Um, so just, just really being able to help people leverage themselves and, and enjoying connecting with the people who, when they do that are able to have a big impact on others. I, I resisted going into coaching for a long time, even though that's what I was doing. And I resisted getting help from other people. Like I, I, there was an ego involved. I I had a tremendous capacity for self growth and, Mm -hmm. you know, would, would, would buy a program and then work my way through it and set these goals and achieve all these goals. And I was like, I don't need anybody else to help me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, got to this point where it's like, you know, I still don't technically need anyone else to help me. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited to see what what that might look like if I did have someone's support. Ah, um, okay. So not about like I'm I'm lacking in something and right. more like, man, I wonder what what's possible if I get some allies. Um, right. So, right. Like you know, with a lot yeah. of CEOs. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you're broken. You need fixing. It's like, dude, you're killing it right. or 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 lady friend you're killing it like let's figure out how, how to make you even better it's like um, a sidekick and i don't mean to to, to minimize it i mean like no, you think about like batman and robin or you know that you have this like person who's on your team who's got superpowers too who's got your back mm-hmm. right i'm like i'm like alexander hamilton okay 
supporting people behind the scenes and, and, and excited to do that really and, and have them get all the credit. Um, but know that, that I'm making a positive, mm-hmm. a positive difference. So, I mean, you, you, you mentioned, you know, seeing the CEO and, and maybe not willing to be, to having an open, authentic conversation. Um, and for me, it, since, um, maybe five or six years ago when this really started and I didn't consciously do this, mm-hmm. um, but just made a decision like, um, I'm not going to have inauthentic conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course that happened, but to recognize when it happened and know that like, I didn't feel as good afterwards if, mm-hmm. if I wasn't being myself and if I wasn't really connecting with someone so that, that they could be their selves and just being willing to, to, to show up at that place, know that we're all human. We're all, you know, mm-hmm. we're doing the best we can. We, we, we have a wide range of experiences and emotions, but, but really connecting on, on that, on that deep level. And then, <laughs> uh, that's like where magic happens. I know. What's this look like to meet up with executives and do this work? Tell me more about how this works. Yeah. So, um, it's been all invitation or referral so far. Nice. I haven't done kind of any, any outreach, which is, yeah, it's really amazing. Um, and I, I really feel so blessed, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I, you know, I spent a long time kind of in a cave, I like to say, like just working on myself and, and mm-hmm. improving, improving myself and learning and, and, you know, growing some companies and, and, and supporting the companies that I was a part of. But, um, to me really having this foundation mm-hmm. and then, when I went out and actually started doing it to be able to draw upon that, that big foundation and mm-hmm. people who had known me, you know, uh, a lot of my clients, the first couple of clients were people who knew me for a long time and they were like, I've been waiting <laughs> for this. Oh. Like, like, um, and, and other people who, who, you know, I, I'd, I'd speak to friends or, or kind of acquaintances and in, in Chicago and around and they'd say, you have got to talk with this person because mm. I think that, that they could really use, you know, another perspective. Um, and just, you know, I, 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 I just sit down and try and have powerful conversations and, and sometimes it turns into a client relationship. Sometimes we can kind of solve whatever the challenge that someone's facing, um, or, or think about the opportunities and, you know, it doesn't turn into professional relationship. And that's, that's totally amazing too. Like, I love that. I, I just, I, I well, you learn so from time. it. You learn from it, right? Yeah. That's the thing. It, I mean, it, it, make, it makes me better. Um, it, it makes them better. It makes, it makes all of us collectively better. And that's, mm-hmm. that's a more exciting problem to be working on. So. Well, and it's so great when it happens that way through word of mouth because you know that the people you're working with you know, really want to have the conversation, whatever it turns out to be, but you know that that's what you're doing. You know, that's why you're having the conversation that's really important. I was like setting up the conversation too. And like, like getting real clarity. And that's, you know, that's my job when I'm going into it is, is, you know, not every conversation I go into is like a coaching conversation. In mm-hmm. fact, that's, you know, not the majority of them. Um, often it's just connecting. And if, if it's right, if, if they want some support, then, then it's like, okay, well let's, let's set up a time. Let's create the the structure and the container to be able to do this, um, in a, in a powerful way. I was wondering if when you were young, were you also like a natural leader? Was that the, or how you kind of were in your, in school and things like that? Oh yeah. Uh, and, and I, I, there, I didn't appreciate it. Um, I, I didn't necessarily set out to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I was captain of the sports teams and student body president and, and, and that kind of thing. But even, even like growing up, just, just, 
tried to always do my best mm-hmm. um, and and pushed myself, you know, harder than I think most people push themselves. And I mm-hmm. think that that um, there's there's, uh, you know, it, it's it's values based leadership. It, it's it's leadership in action um, and by example and not necessarily by by talking. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, I so some of the questions I ask, you know, we're just having a conversation. So this isn't like a, you may not have the answers to everything. So don't worry about it. Um, I, <laughs> it's I do, all good. I know. And this next one, no, I do. I do believe that um, leadership tendencies or leadership qualities are some can often be in innate. They're just who you are, right? Do you mm-hmm. believe that people can build those skills if they don't have them as part of their what oh. they come in with? Yeah, absolutely. How um, would, how would you recommend that if people if people asked you what would you say? Do you have any ideas for them? Yeah, to be a self leader first. Okay. Um, if if you're not leading yourself in a positive way, like other people won't follow you. Um, and you know, um, you're super familiar with, with Brian's work mm-hmm. and all the the leadership books that he's that he's profiled. But um, there's a couple, you know, the the 21 Laws of Leadership, um, the Leadership Challenge. Those are two of my favorites. But like, read books about leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, become someone who who other people trust you know, do what you say you will do, um, Mm -hmm. make commitments to yourself first, you know, and again, like going back to the self leadership, um, like make commitments with yourself. I'm going to, you know, start this positive practice. I'm going to remove this negative practice. I'm going to send that letter. I'm going to, you know, send this proposal to my boss and then do it, um, Mm -hmm. and, and become more and more confident in your abilities and trust yourself and become the kind of person that that's, that's, I don't want to say worthy of mm-hmm. being followed, but, but in many ways, like become the kind of person that you would want to follow. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that you'll find kind of <laughs> organically that, that, that other people will start to want to follow. That's a really good answer. I think you could write that up as an article. That's really good. <laughs> do you, no, do you I mean, have certain leaders who were your mentors who you went, I want to develop myself more like that. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's such a great way to go about it because we're, we're sitting on, you know, millennia of collective wisdom, mm-hmm. um, from, from, from humans and, and great leaders who have, who have lived and led and, and many of them kind of transcribed their thoughts or lessons or had pupils who did so. Um, and so no one has to start fresh, right? And, with the magic of the internet is like <laughs> we now have access to all of that instantaneously in whatever our preferred method of consumption is. <laughs> um, so yeah. And I, I really try and draw on, on the collective. So the, the, the great spiritual, you know, leaders, um, whether that's Jesus or, or the Buddha, um, you know, Muhammad, um, those people really inspire me. Da Vinci was, is a, is a big inspiration of mine. Mm. Um, you know, the, the stoic philosophers, whether Seneca or Aurelius, these, these people who have really had insights or ideas that have, mm-hmm. that have kind of withstood the test of time. Um, and then on a more, um, current kind of scale, I mean, it's really Brian Johnson's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Ferriss is a big one. Um, those are the two people I probably get most of my content from. I think the, the leader that I most want to emulate is the Dalai Lama. Mm, uh, good choice. Just, just this, this, so my word of the, uh, every year at the beginning of the year, I, I and I, I 
I set goals and, mm-hmm. and, and do that sort of thing. But more importantly, it's like I set kind of energetic intentions and, mm-hmm. and a theme word for the year. So typically one, one big theme with, with two things that might support it. So last year, my word of the year was playful. I really mm-hmm. wanted to bring more playfulness into my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the next two were authentic and masterpiece. Um, but with the playful piece, people were like, how do you like, what does that, what does that look like? Um, and I would, you know, I'd say, well, when I think of, of a picture of, of like Gandhi or the Dalai Lama, mm-hmm. there's like a, a, a twinkling, a twinkleness in their eyes. Um, that's like they're, they're doing these really big things. They're confronting really, really big challenges and big problems, but they're doing so with this spirit of, of joy and like, like they're, they're in on a joke <laughs> that, right. that we don't even know is there, but like they're <laughs> laughing. Um, and, and, uh, yeah. So how did, okay, this is fun stuff. I le- you know how much I love to learn from people. So this is fun. What, how did you, um, integrate play? Like what's, is that your word for this year then? Or was that last year? No. So that was last year. And I, um, it came from a couple places. One of which was probably most primarily was um big magic by elizabeth gilbert which oh, my wife I was like that book. She, she read it she's like michael you have to read this like this is this is mm. and um she doesn't typically read the books that i like to read so uh-huh. when when she when she does that and says something like that i i do it but um you know she talks in the end about how like the the balinese um priests and, and trying to keep the sacred and the profane separate and, and they were not a joke both anyway um, that, that didn't answer your question at all. So how to actually integrate more playfulness? Well, that, and, and it, there's another book, um, play it away. I, I think play, play it away by Charlie hone. Um, okay. and, um, just kind of a whole, he was Tim Ferriss's, uh, um, kind of main man and got burned out by the whole thing and, 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 um, was depressed and then used play as a way to kind of come back from that. Um, and so I, I kind of, approach it in several ways one of which was like literally scheduling play um on the calendar so for me if it's not on the calendar then it's less likely to happen um right. and i know it's like kind of counterintuitive like you're scheduling like playtime like <laughs> yes i am because then like when someone says hey are you busy i'm saying well i'm playing on thursday so if you want to <laughs> to like meet up and do something playful so you made play um, dates you really did so you made I, I, I did and, and i you know i i i would take meetings um uh-huh. whether that's like a first time meeting sometimes like a client meeting and i'd say all right we're gonna do this you know um we're gonna go to the driving range and hit golf balls we're gonna go toss a frisbee around mm-hmm. and then we'll have our conversation um i went out and like looked up different games. Um, I've always kind of been, my family's been a big game, but carrying a deck of cards around with me. Um, one, one of the challenge was like asking strangers in coffee shops to, to, to play a game. Um, Oh, that is a challenge. Cause I do carry cards with me for when we're delayed at like restaurants or something like that. So we're always, you know, family playing cards, but I have not asked strangers to play yet. So I might have to do that just for fun. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's scary, but, but people like to play. And so, um, having that scheduled play time, checking in, you know, every week, did I, did it happen? Um, and then outside of that, just generally trying to, to cultivate, um, the attitude of like, what would this look like if it were playful or, or how can I play with this? And my vocabulary shifted, 
Um, oh. So just just using the word play and, and playing with things instead of working at at this or whatever. It's like you know this is a this is an insight I'm currently playing with or this is an idea that I'm playing with or mm-hmm. or just trying to to use the word play, use the, the word fun, joy more often, um, smile more, laugh more, watch funny funny clips on on TV. My uh-huh. my wife and I get uh, you know sometimes after dinner we're like all right let's laugh and we put on you know, a, a, a James Corden carpool karaoke sketch <laughs> and find ourselves cracking up or like, you know, babies eating lemons for the first time or, or, <laughs> or puppies, sometimes something with puppies. Yeah. Or yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, we, um, I'm not sure that she would love me sharing this, but like occasionally we'd have the, the Sonos on and like a song would come on and, um, my, so what my dog's name is Gus and Gus has been Simba in a, in a, in a reenactment of the, the opening <laughs> number from the Lion King in our, in our living room. So just be, being willing to, to do that kind of stuff. And, and this just, is on just, video. There is video of this. Um, you know, there's not video <laughs> of the two of us. Um, I'd be lying if I, if I said that I haven't done it also with Gus on my own and, and sent a video to someone. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, I might need to get that. <laughs> That's awesome. I I mean, love- it, it, it's, you know, we, we, we play a lot when we're kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the reason that I, that I had to make that the theme is because I'd, I'd lost it. I'd lost a lot of it. I'd become very serious. I'd become very structured in my goal setting and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, um, you know, really, really impatient if I didn't get things done a certain way and, and thinking that I had to, had to just be this like serious kind of adult mm-hmm. um and and the version of adult that that had kind of been taught by the media and culture and all that kind of stuff and then it it just it's it's not it wasn't as joyful um and i and i as a result of that book of big magic of play it away of, of just recognizing like the lack of playfulness it's like this is something that i need that, that I really want to cultivate again. Um, and I'm going to put energy in, into doing so. Um, and now it's, it's the playfulness is still there, but it, it's, it's spontaneous and it's fun. And, and whenever I get, get an opportunity to play, I, I, I try and, um, try and say yes. So, <laughs> I mean, I totally People get that. Are, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I get that because that's how I've been the last year. In fact, just recently, uh, one of the other guests on the show, um, he, he does comedy work for work. And every time I talk to him, I'm cracking up and I am like, I want more of that. Why am I not doing this in my life? Why? But I was the same way. I just got super serious. Even though I was doing things that I loved, I was so serious about getting so many things done in a period of time that I forgot what it was like to just play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Gus has been a great ally for me, too. And we <laughs> we chase squirrels together. Um, I'll, I'll have fun doing that. And I've got like an electric skateboard that's got a motor. Um, so Gus and I will ride the electric skateboard around or <laughs> put him in my backpack and go bike riding with him. So um, he, he's been a good ally, too. Yeah. And that is a that's a dog, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I totally it is, it that. <laughs> It's the baby. He rides um, on the skateboard or something. In my experience, like it's created, um, an openness and, and like a, a different kind of creative, positive energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I've seen it with my clients too, where it's like, it just, it just loosens the restrictions a little bit. Um, and allows us to, 
to to be more spontaneous um, and to often, you know, produce better work and just be better people. So that was a uh, that was last year. Playfulness. Yeah. This year is bold, seen and pro. Um, bold what and pro? Seen. Oh, OK. So like exposure. Like. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like like I was I was. um uh, using humility as a crutch mm-hmm. and, 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 and hiding in my cave. Um, okay. and, you know, I've been writing for a long time. Um, you have you know, over a hundred articles, uh, and it's like not, not sharing them even on social media or, um, mm. speaking about them in many ways. So like recognizing that it's an edge for me to actually get out there. And so putting some, some energy into doing that. Mm, that'll be fun to watch this year. You know, um, the thing with playing too, is it actually, I think stimulates, I'm sure there's a neuroscientist, maybe yourself who could uh, talk about this, but it stimulates a different part of your brain. And that's what I was realizing that there's a part of my brain I haven't been using and I want to use all parts of it at all times. You know, I want like fully engaged brain doing lots of cool things. So even for mm-hmm. that reason, even if it's not because you don't want to be serious or a person just, you know, is even you can be on like a really progressive, you know, intentional path, but still having taking that time to have fun and play can actually enhance the progress. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, Barbara Oakley in a mind for numbers. So she taught, um, a course called, uh, learning how to learn, which I think was on Coursera. I took it, Mm -hmm. but, um, anyway, she she talks about two ways of thinking. So like focused and diffuse and, Mm -hmm. Focus is when, you know, you're consciously there trying to hammer out logically whatever it is. And diffuse is like when you go for a run or get in a shower and your brain kind of chews on those those problems or those challenges without you consciously putting energy towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, and play is a great way to to tap into that diffuse part of the brain where it's like, OK, here's this thing. You noodle on it in the background for a while um, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> then come back and, and kind of have insights. So. Um, actually, that's I, call certainly... that, I call that shower ideas. I have actually a term for that because <laughs> I have a lot of them. Shower ideas are some of the best ideas. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, the, I love the idea of kind of tapping into other parts of your brain mm-hmm. um, and really just, um, you know, I'm a big, big meditation fan and meditation has shown to, to increase the, the connections between neurons and, and kind of move blood flow to the parts of our brain that allow us to do higher thinking. Um, but one of the things I do is, is I write, so I actually write like Leonardo da Vinci, um, when I do my morning affirmations and statements of being, but like, uh, I write left-handed right to left. Um, and that's to just try and one stimulate, you know, the right side of the brain, which is the creative side of the brain. Um, and two, just like help, help it do things that aren't normal. Um, just to try to try and unlock more because it's, it's such, such an amazingly powerful organ. Um, and, any time that we're strengthening the brain, um, mm-hmm. I, I think when we're in that diffuse mode, when we're allowing those ideas to flow, like those connections combine and that's where, you know, intuition or magic or insight or, or any of those kind of crazy things that we, that we can't really describe, but, mm-hmm. but they're 100% there because I, I've experienced them. I've seen them. Um, that's when the magic happens. So wait a second. You're telling me that you're right-handed, but when you write in the morning, you write with your left hand from the left to the right. From the right to the left, uh, right to the left. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like backwards or just 
like in mirror. So like if you held it up to a mirror, you could you could read it. You know, that's a special gift. Not everybody can do that. You know that, right? Uh, so I couldn't do that either before <laughs> five years ago. Um, you know, one, one of the reasons you asked about leadership and can anyone develop leadership? Um, I, I'm so, so far into the growth versus fixed mindset, like mm-hmm. growth, growth, growth. I, I really I know that 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 almost any skill can be learned. Um, okay. I mean, this is just one example of it. So like I broke my leg. I had a lot of time where I, I was not going to be as active as I, as I used to be. And I wanted something to kind of distract myself and distract my mind. And I had seen uh, Da Vinci wrote that way. I'd been looking at his anatomy drawings to like look at my leg and figure out what the damage that I had done was. Um, mm-hmm. And was like, this might be a fun thing to to put some time into. So I started, I wrote the alphabet, you know, ABC uh-huh. all, all the way to Z. And then I wrote three different sentences and I just, every single day just would spend like 10 to 15 minutes writing these sentences. And it was, I don't know if I can remember. So it was like the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog. Right. Right. The typing that, sentences, that English. right? <laughs> yeah. But then there, there was one that was in French and one that was in Spanish that I don't remember what the sentence is, oh, but wow. like essentially the French and Spanish equivalent of those use every letter of the alphabet. Okay. Um, why so did you do I, them in French and Spanish? This is super well, fascinating, I, by the way. I, this is like, this has lit me up. I need to know everything about this. So <laughs> you, it, you didn't it, expect um, that this would be it, did you? <laughs> no. So I, 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 I spent a year in France as an exchange student. So okay. I became fluent in French and speak French. Okay. And then I spent a summer in Spain um, as, 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 a, as a summer exchange program in college. Okay. Um, and, and so I learned Spanish and, be, and became fluent in Spanish. Wow. So Da Vinci wrote Italian, you know, I was figuring, well, someday maybe I can, I can, you know, look into Italian a little bit more, um, and read Da Vinci's journals, like in his own, you know, handwriting, in his own, his own language. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously Italians evolved since then, but thinking if I'm doing this creative exercise anyway, might as well get some foreign languages in there okay. um, wow. to, to build up to it. So then how, so now when you write, can you write the sentences without having to practice them? Like you could actually write that way without even having to think about oh, it? Yeah. I mean, after, after a, a month and I got tired of the alphabet, right? It's like, okay, this is boring. Mm-hmm. Um, I started writing diet diagrams and trigrams. So, um, from Josh Kaufman, how to learn anything, what nobody's called 20 how learn anything in 20 hours hey or, or i just it? listened to him the other day i just i listened okay. to him on um the good life project and i want to learn how to play ukulele thanks to him anyway go yeah on. <laughs> yeah so so whatever the, the title of that the first 20 hours maybe it is right um i can't believe i'm anyway he he in there talks about typing and, and switching from um the typical standard keyboard layout to colmac which uh-huh. is like a faster typing because keyboards were actually laid out. Uh, the, the design came from typewriters to be slow on purpose mm-hmm. so the keys wouldn't get stuck together. So ah. the typical keyboard layout is like purposefully slow. Okay. Um, people have put some thought into making it faster. One of the projects that he wanted to do was learn how to type faster in this other, la- in this other keyboard layout. Um, so he figured out the most common two letter and three letter combinations to just practice those over and over and over. Um, and so I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to start writing these things. So then I can, I can write faster by writing these like two letter combinations that are going to show up most often, you know, mm-hmm. A, N, um, T, H, mm-hmm. S, T, whatever. 
Um, so then I started writing those and then, um, started just copying quotes. So my morning quote I did, and then eventually, um, moved over to my, my, you know, kind of statement of being and, and, and mission statement and, and affirmations. Um, it forces me to, and, and I've been doing that ever since. So three, three years now, I guess, four years. So now technically people couldn't read your stuff unless they held it up to the mirror. Um, no. So what's really crazy is, is people can read it pretty quickly. Oh, okay. Um, not like a, not the same speed that they could read other things, but okay. Your your brain is is pretty smart. Um, so like you can look at this text. <laughs> Even and mine. You, you no, I'm up, totally kidding. <laughs> no, you, you <laughs> no pick idea. up the shapes. Yeah. Um, and it it's it's become over time this really interesting interesting kind of mental journey for me. And and you mm. you might appreciate this. So, um, really, how many things that we we take as like rules or fact or whatever are really just constructs? Mm-hmm. Um, for example, like we write in, in left to right in a certain way. And, you know, you look at street signs, everything, everything's done this, in this left to right way. Um, there's countries that don't do that and that's normal for them is, is right to left. Um, but when you look into a mirror, the image that you're seeing is flipped, right? So when you look at yourself in a mirror, you see yourself fundamentally differently than everybody else in the world sees you. Um, right. The reason most people don't like pictures of themselves is because they're used to the mirror image. So if exactly. you take, if, yeah. if you show people a set of pictures, one of which is is like a normal picture, and one of which has been flipped to be in mirror, mm-hmm. um, they will prefer the one that's flipped to be a mirror because that's the one that that we're familiar with seeing when we actually look into the mirror. Um, if you're on on like some like Zoom or or you know FaceTime or whatever, a lot of those programs will show you the mirror image of yourself. So mm-hmm. like you're not looking at a, at a photo, you're looking at a photo that's been flipped to mirror because you like that better. And you can, you can tell this if you look at people's little, you know, most people wear the, the, um, iPhone headphones. Mm-hmm. So you can see like, wait a minute, my microphone is on the opposite side of my face than everyone else's microphone. <laughs> um, I so, Technology companies are wise. They've picked up on that. So they, they've, you can disable it and, and see it. Um, anyway, all this to say is that like the entire world is looking at you differently than you're looking at you. Um, and and it, it might be be useful to, to kind of take other people's perspectives and, and to try and shift and say, you know what? The way that I'm looking at things, the way that we're doing things collectively, like there's there's other points of view that we can take. Do you think it changed your brain like in a noticeable way? Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I do hard data on a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, hours slept, you know, minutes meditated, exercising, all that kind of stuff, but I'm not super, super disciplined about like running, um, experiments that would be verifiable by the scientific method. <laughs> so like <laughs> I throw so much stuff in there. I know for a fact that my brain has changed over the uh-huh. past four or five years. Um, but I also know that there's been a lot of different things that I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm pretty convinced that this has had a a contribution. I don't know if it's been necessarily w- worth the time or mm-hmm. or is like the perfect way to go about it, but um absolutely. And even just if nothing else, then for every morning, you know, when I write those things down, it mm-hmm. forces me to get really slow, really present, and really think about what it is that I'm writing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
rather than just going through the motions and scribbling stuff on a page. Got it. It's very cool. I think I'm going to have to, I, I actually am going to have to try that. My mom could do it just naturally without thinking mm-hmm. she had that skill to switch back and forth. I just thought that was was she a lefty? No, she was right-handed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, she just had a lot of like, uh, I don't know, spirit gifts, I guess. It's probably the best way mm-hmm. to look at it. Right-handedness and left-handedness. It's like, you know, a kid starts with their left hand initially or with their right hand initially and then like, we train them to do that forever and ever and ever. Um, when I was playing lacrosse in college and in high school, it's like I was a natural righty, so I was like better passing, shooting everything with my with my right hand. Um, but I was willing to like put in the time to work on my left hand too, and then realize like there's some level of of natural inclination, but there's such such a bigger bigger space for for learning and for practice and you train yourself over time your brain rewires itself myelinates the sheets all that fun goodness muscle memory um we 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 really can do lots of incredible things if we're willing to put a little bit of time over kind of a long period Mm -hmm. um yeah well, and I like what the book about with the 20 hours, you can learn anything. What they Was it 20 hours or 20 days? I can't remember now, but I think it's essentially 20 hours, right? I think it's the first 20 hours. Okay. And the idea is that, you know, because you can, they, it, he'll say you can learn a language in 20 hours. Well, it doesn't mean you learn the entire Italian language. It means you learn, you decide that you want to learn how to order a full meal at an Italian restaurant. And you practice that every day, every day, every day, every day. And then you can do it. Or even like, I want to learn the ukulele now because I want to use that music part of my brain that I've never really used for that specifically other than listening to music. And mm-hmm. so I won't try to play, you know, the, everything you can play on the ukulele, but I'll try to do this one particular strum for one song and you do it for 20 days and you learn it. And so that's my plan. I'm just waiting to have a ukulele show up at my door. So that's <laughs> nice. <it. laughs> The, the the other piece and, and he's big on it and Ferris is big on it and Brian's big on it too, but but the eighty twenty rule, right? Of like learning the building blocks, mm-hmm. um, the really high leverage points that'll allow you to, you know, not just say order that order that meal at a restaurant, but have the first typical one to two minutes of a conversation with every single person that you run into, right? right. If you learn how to say hello, goodbye, thank nice you, please. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like like that, that alone will allow you to, to connect with people on just such a deeper level, no matter mm-hmm. where you are in the world. And, that, and like, I've done this before, literally nothing besides like a hello. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden people are like, they've taken the time to learn how, how to greet me in my, you know, in my native tongue. Um, everybody says like, that everybody, you know, that for people who don't know that everybody says that, that, that little gesture of learning how to say hello in the native language shifts everything when you're meeting people when you're traveling in foreign countries yeah hello and thank you i i um so the the most um package people in buildings or or like dry cleaners and in um at least in in where i'm in chicago currently Mm -hmm. are um um, from korea Mm -hmm. and so like i had my package lady teach me how to say like hello and how are you and I have you know x number of packages and thank you um and then so now to like go into other other buildings and 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 say you know <laughs> like, say hello to the to the people um 
it, it just it creates these crazy connections. Oh. So not just like in foreign cities, but um, right. you know, I'm, I live in a high rise, so there's there's people from from China and, and and Japan, and there's a French family, and there's Spanish speakers, and um, being willing to you just say hello in in the native tongues is such mm-hmm. a big thing. But um, back to the ukulele. Not only can you just learn one song, but you can learn like four chords and be able to play thousands of songs. Um, there aren't there aren't a ton of building blocks that that really unlock your potential to play lots of different ukulele songs. Um, so I need to figure that one out. I actually think I found a ukulele teacher. So I'm closer, closer. Even though I could possibly do it just through the internet, I thought it would be cool to have a teacher just. Give me some of the mm-hmm. basics, those basic building blocks. Yeah. So I, I grew up playing piano and guitar and then moved away from it in college. But, um, a couple, not a couple now, it's probably been like six years. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna start playing guitar again. Um, and I went to a local music store. I was like, Hey, I want like a DVD program or something and teach me how to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was not going in there willing to spend a couple hundred bucks, but he pointed me to this. He was like, this is really the best one. It's a couple hundred bucks. Gibson's learning master guitar. And I like the guy broke it down from the very fundamentals from the beginning of like which finger goes where and hand positioning and building up patterns over time. And I thought if I actually make it through this entire program, <laughs> I'm going to invest in like a nice instrument. Um, right. That's going to be my reward. And over the next year and a half, you know, went through the whole workbook, went through all the all the all the, the courses and mm. and relearn that ability um so yeah <laughs> i'm a big fan of, of 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 finding people who are smart who have broken things down and then duplicating mm-hmm. their 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 patterns their their tools to to get those results faster i think that the thing i've learned i'm learning the most these days just because of the way i'm talking with so many new people is just asking the question or saying what you want and all of a sudden it just like oh uh, I have a friend who teaches ukulele. Really? <laughs> that's awesome. Like who, I would not have known that if I wouldn't have said it out loud. And that's what I love about the growth mind, the growth mindset and this approach to life, you know, of really being curious about things and seeking understanding is that there are more people around me that know things that I never knew that they, they would know or have connections mm-hmm. or whatever. That's half the fun. Do you find that with what you're doing as well? Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the, in many ways, um, even though I was putting in the pieces to be to be um, what I to do what I'm doing now, mm-hmm. it wasn't until I started speaking it um, and sharing it that it really happened. And then it and then it took off because mm. I think people generally want want to help um, mm-hmm. and, and want to you know support or, or whatever. But if you don't tell them what it is that, that you want or what it is that you're trying to do. Like they don't know how to help mm-hmm. you. Um, in, in my, um, so cer- certainly professionally, like it has been huge to say like, you know, this is, this is what I'm doing now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to speak to it and, and to get that feedback. But even personally too, like that's one of the biggest places and still is a big area for growth for me in my relationship is like communicating what it is that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, not expecting my wife to like read my mind. <laughs> um, and and having gotten frustrated before, like when I didn't say what I wanted and then I get frustrated when she doesn't give it to me, it's like, well, she didn't actually know. So. <laughs> yeah, um, we're not really mind readers. Both That goes both ways, though, too, right? I mean, that's what I've no. found in relationships is both people need to be willing to say what they want. 
and then, yeah, hear, and then and each other hear it as well. It's kind of a, it's complicated. Yeah. There's, there's, there's one thing if you're saying what, what you want and you're not getting it, but if you're not even saying it right. at all, then, then, <laughs> then <laughs> like that, that's, that's a big part of it. So being willing to say like, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking mm-hmm. for. This is what I'm excited about. This is what I'd like to create. This is, um, you know what I'd like to do. And then people are like, Oh yeah, my, my cousin's friend is a whatever. I bet, right. you know, let me see if I he'll be willing to talk to you. It's like, Oh really cool. Awesome. Um, I think that's a thing that happens though with people who are innately like givers where you want to get, like, I think you're probably like that too, where you want to give and help and serve that we forget that we can be on the receiving end of that as well, but we have to be willing to say what it is that we're doing. At least that's where I, you know, that's where I was for a while. I would, you know, I forget to say that, oh, I really want to do this thing. And then once I did, I'm like, oh, wow, there's all these people that will help. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was always one of those people going, hey, how can I help you? What can I do? What can I do to help you with that? So yeah, being on both ends. That was a big, a big step for me was being willing to receive. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're taught it's better to be better to give than to receive. Um, and, and in, in many ways, like selfishly, it is better to give, like you get just as much like serotonin and and giving gifts is, 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 you know, kind of studies have shown that that's more enjoyable Mm -hmm. for most people than receiving gifts. Um, but being, being willing to be on the receiving end, it, it, it takes some courage a little bit to like say, okay, I, I can get help too. Like I can be on the receiving end of help. Um, Mm -hmm. but then the the flip side of, of you being such a giver for so long, um, at least, you know, for me, I, I didn't appreciate, um, the, the goodwill and, and the trust, um, mm-hmm. and, and the relationships that I developed over a long time of just, just giving not, not doing it to try and build that, but, mm-hmm. um, just doing, cause I, I enjoy doing that. And then when you, when you do say like, this is what I'm, I'm excited to, to work on or, or to get some support with or whatever, having been a giver for so long, people mm-hmm. are like, they they can't wait to help you and, and to and to give back and to pay it forward. So yeah, it's a different. It's it's exciting and humbling. Actually, I think it's most mostly been humbling to me to see the people who are so willing to support this thing that I love doing so much. You know, just like you mm-hmm. showing up here today. It's pretty awesome. I mean, just just <sighs> give, give, give. Right, just give, give, give. Hey, I have something hey. I would like you to give me. I want to know how you do your meditation. I know your technique. Um, sure. So I have lots of techniques. Okay. Um, I, I started out. It would be easier out, if you just had one, but go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. Well. I'm totally um, kidding. Go ahead. No, the simplest one that I always start people with is just the inhale for six, hold for two, exhale for seven. Um, and do that, you know, four breaths. That's, that's basically 15 seconds per breath. And just to follow, follow the breath as it flows in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes closing the eyes and, and trying to feel the sensation of the air on the nostrils, how it's a little bit cooler on the way in and a little bit warmer when the air flows out and see how deeply you can trace that. Maybe it's your nose, or your throat, or, or even like the tips of your lungs. But mm-hmm. just to get really, really present on, on the breath and, you know, count in that way to give the, give the brain something to do. And when you notice yourself getting distracted, like, celebrate that like yes i noticed my thoughts and now i'm going to bring them back to back to counting back to the breath 
Um, so I, I, I start all my meditations with, with that either one or two minutes of these kind of deep centering breaths. Um, I use a headband called the muse, um, which is there's an option to like listen to audio and then the audio gives you feedback on what your brain waves are doing. So, um, the headband like monitors your brain state and if you're active, it, it's like windy and stormy. And if you're calm, then it gets really quiet. And if you're calm for, um, you know, a couple seconds and birds start chirping. Um, <laughs> so I, so I, I spent like a reading couple... your brain. It's reading your brain waves. Yeah. It reads, it reads the, um, EEGs. Wow. Um, so it's like an EEG thing. So I use that for, for, uh, probably a year with the feedback and I don't, I don't listen to the feedback anymore. I still use the headband because it's, I've got a streak going on there. <laughs> I like seeing the number go up by one every day. Um, and I like kind of looking, looking back and, and, and testing, okay, like how was I, that felt like a kind of a good meditation. What did the, what did the, the headband say? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's like, I totally fell asleep and you can see it because the brain goes, <laughs> I mean, I'm at the point where like I can, I can drop into a calm state pretty quickly, mm -hmm. but as soon as you fall asleep, your brain goes to like, you know, dream, dream state. And then your brain gets really active. Um, Oh. Be like, oh, yep, I fell asleep about two minutes into there. <laughs> and that's why it says I was like 0% calm. Um, that was me so at Reiki. That. that was me at Reiki. I dreamed like big dreams while I was sleeping on the table today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love Lord. it. Yeah. But there's, you know, there's audio programs. Um, the Entheos had a Blissitations, which had the binaural beats. So I'll use some of those. I'll use some of... Um, uh, Jonathan Fields has some stuff. Vishen Lakhiani's got a six-phase meditation that walks through um, gratitude and um, a forgiveness piece and, and all sorts of stuff and setting up the day. So it really depends. In the morning, it's it's typically just 20 minutes on the cushion, um, focusing on my breath. In the afternoon, it'll be an audio, um, 10, 10, to, 10 to 20 minutes. Um, and then okay. micro meditations, like one minute throughout the day, um, anytime. So I've got an Apple watch and anytime that it tells me there's a breathe app, you can mm -hmm. literally, it, it'll alert you like time to breathe. And I've, mm -hmm. I've made a kind of non-negotiable, like anytime it tells me to breathe, I have to take one minute, no matter what I'm doing, um, and breathe and do a little, do a little micro meditation. So I'll, I'll be on a, in a, in a conversation with clients on, on the call or, or sometimes in person, mm -hmm. like, Hey, watches tell me we got to breathe like let's <laughs> let's take a minute to breathe here um and just doing that like um tony schwartz is ceo of the energy project and he says that we can completely clear the bloodstream of cortisol in 60 seconds if we're really focused on our breath really um, cortisol is that stress hormone you know fight or flight activates it it's not bad in small doses but if it sits around in our system it does some pretty damaging things so um being willing to throughout the day Oh, I'm a little bit stressed. I'm not focused here. Let me just take one or two minutes to breathe. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And that 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 got me through more than a, a couple trading days. Um, and it's something that I I, I still do um, just just throughout the day. That's really good advice. I had no idea it could be that impactful. I mean, for sure, since I started working on growth and learning meditation and learning ways to observe my thoughts and all those things. I, it was funny. I had some tests, some blood tests done and my cortisol was like perfect. And it was in the middle of a huge amount of 
things going on in life that normally would be big stressors for people. Like, well, I guess something's going right here. You know, I'm all that work is paying off because at least the cortisol staying in check in the middle of all this. So it really does make (laughs) a difference. You know, it it can make a huge difference. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know. Um, if there is a study that, that, that Schwartz was citing, but, um, I I just, I, I love that. And, you know, we have these built in mechanisms, um, to give our bodies all all that we need. Um, Mm -hmm. or at least if there was an intelligent designer or or if there was, you know, evolution, which is clearly the case, um, like things that aren't, aren't efficient, don't stick around, Mm -hmm. um, because there's, there's, there's no point in having them. And so like, we developed with the tools that we needed to, to survive, mm-hmm. um, and, and to thrive and, and like breathing, you know, resetting after this period of fight or flight, telling your body that like, it's okay, it's all good now. Like you can relax. Um, and then the body naturally is going to take over and give it what it needs to relax and to recover. Um, today's day and age we're we're turned on to fight or flight more often than we used to. You know, mm-hmm. there's that idea that we, um, we come across more stimulation in a week than our, than our ancestors did like their entire lives, right? Like it's like the oh entire my gosh, are you serious? To, yeah. I so didn't want to know from, that. <laughs> no, the, the seventh sense, um, uh. there, there's about that. but yeah, so, so like being willing to say like, okay, I used to breathe occasionally like when I was done with a hunt and that would reset me from fight or flight and that mm-hmm. was good. Now I'm in fight or flight all day long, like mm-hmm. ding. Oh, what's that message going to be? Like, is it a good one or is it a bad one? Like what's going on? Like, oh, my, my boss said this or, oh, mm-hmm. I've got this report to do or, oh, that person's honking me at the stoplight or there's a mm-hmm. siren or, or there's, you know, negative news on TV, just like all day long, constant, mm-hmm. constant, constant stimulation, putting your body into this like, ah, yeah. um, and yet we have this tool breathing, which by the way, we do all day, every day. And if you're not, then you're dead. So (laughs) everybody's breathing anyway. Um, but to breathe consciously and present and and, and mindfully, um, is, is like, it's, it's the cure to what's ailing us, um, collectively. So, you know, meditation is, is, and and this is another big idea. It's not mine, but, um, it's not about what happens on the cushion, right? Mm-hmm. It's about how we are the rest of the day. It's about preparing ourselves to interact and engage with the world around us. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I try and constantly do is just check in with my breath um, and keep almost keeping partial presence and partial awareness on my breath, no matter what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. And that just, it, it, it grounds me. It's, it, it's like a reminder. Okay. Still breathing, still alive. <laughs> yeah. Breath's, breath's still good and still have this body and, and cool. Um, one other question I was going to ask you about um, when you broke your leg, what do you think you learned? What was the biggest lesson that you learned going through that experience? Um, so there were there were a couple, um, one of which was just how important movement was, physical movement. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I had been really disciplined ahead of time about always kind of getting exercise in. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not appreciate just how, how much benefit I got from it until I could no longer move, mm-hmm. um, and no longer exercise. So that was huge. Um, having, you know, so much gratitude for things we take for granted walking. I couldn't walk. I couldn't put any weight on my leg for, for, for two months. Um, 
And like seeing people walking, I was like, God, that's so amazing. Like they get to walk and, and, and how quickly afterwards I was like, yeah, I'm walking. Um, Mm -hmm. but, but to, to be grateful and appreciate these little things that we take for granted, like breathing, like Mm -hmm. the ability to breathe and be aware Mm -hmm. and to be alive or to walk or to stand or to write, um, you know, those things, that was a, a big lesson. Um, and then the ability of the body to, to recover, um, mm. and to, to, to adapt just like this, this crazy ability. And I had, I had phenomenal doctors, um, Northwestern Dr. Merckx that just really, really did an amazing job in, in surgery. But, um, yeah. And also friggin' the dangers of painkillers. Uh, oh, okay. Because, I mean, I was on this, you know, the crazy surgery um, and how irritable I would be like if I, if I like woke up mm-hmm. um, and like hadn't had a painkiller and like just watching kind of my mind get dulled um, when I was on them and then seeing how how very quickly um, I, I, I became like not happy without getting them. And so like, okay, this is, this is really dangerous here. Like let's, let's try and stop using these as quickly as possible. Right. Um, People don't think about that. that A lot of times it's just that, you know, it's an easy path. Just take them and keep taking them. And so it's really good that you noticed that and caught yourself. Well, like it was crazy to me how, and the first time I didn't, I didn't put the pieces together. Mm -hmm. Um, but pretty quickly to realize like how irritable and angry and like just upset at the world I was, um, mm-hmm. like the day after, mm-hmm. and, like, like once I realized like, whoa, like that, that ability to, to impact, you know, for, for these like really powerful pharmaceuticals, like impact mentality is just, um, scary, it's scary. Mm-hmm. So, um, one other question I have, and then we're going to wrap up. I'm sorry. Last one. Are you, you okay? Oh, you it's all good. No, all right. I, I'm, I, I'm all good on time. I'm just laughing like that's probably not the answer she was expecting. <laughs> no, no, no. That's good. They're all, uh, it's, it was authentic. So it was perfect. Um, so what I was, this is a new question and um, we'll see how it goes. I was wondering if there's any skill or talent that you um, don't have today, but you've always admired in other people that you wish you could do. Like for example, okay, I would love to be able to be like a um I would love to water ski and I can't I don't and I don't have any any intention of attempting it but mm-hmm. I think oh man when I see people doing that I'm like oh that's or even snow ski like snow skiing that's so cool it's just not in my wheelhouse at least at this point and I don't anticipate getting that skill at this point in my life you never know but um do you have anything like that that you just see someone doing or whether it's physical or you know mental or whatever a talent that you think oh wish I had that or I want that. Yeah. So I'll again cheat here and give you not just one answer. <laughs> Bonus. Um, so it's a good question is what you're saying. All the, right. <laughs> well, the first thing I thought of is like, I don't know that I have that because I, I really like there's, there's, there are very few skills that, that can't be learned and mm-hmm. can't be learned really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And again, going to that growth mindset, 80, 20, figuring out what, what are the essential building blocks, mm-hmm. you know, how can we break this down to the components? Um, snow skiing, water skiing, like those are things you could learn in, in less than a day with a mm-hmm. good teacher. Right. Um, if you were so inclined. So, 
but go on. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so when I think about, about people that, that have a skill that I, that I want to, um, really want to have, I think in, in the past when I've noticed something and I've been like, okay, I want to put energy into that. I end up developing it pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Okay. Um, and so there, there's many, many skills that I've kind of admired and, and already cultivated. Um, but the one that I certainly haven't, and, um, it's funny. So over Memorial Day weekend, we were playing pool and someone, someone was like, you're just good at everything, aren't you? And, <laughs> and my sister-in-law was, was really quick to chime in, like not singing. Oh, I knew you were going to go there. I knew it. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I love, I love to sing and I sing loudly. Um, and, 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 and I feel like I have a beautiful instrument, but it's totally unrefined <laughs> and all over the place. And I've, I've, it's been on my list of like, learn how to sing, like go get a vocal coach. Um, Interesting. but just, just haven't put energy into it yet. I'm, there's something that's so unbelievably authentic and pure and amazing when you hear someone just singing, um, ju- you know, like Adele, like, mm-hmm. ugh, it'll put, it'll put me to tears. Just like thinking, thinking about that. Right. Um, like not needing anything else besides, besides what's inside and being able to just convey emotions and you know music is like energy right mm-hmm. it's it's Absolutely. sound waves through right. space um, that resonates in different ways and that's why it's an in for most people it's like an inborn thing like you can listen to american idol and you know oh that person sounds terrible even if you you couldn't do like remotely close to to, to actually performing <laughs> yourself but yeah so so singing for me is is this this form of self expression mm-hmm. um this this beautiful timeless um form of self-expression that i <laughs> i just have not put energy into into developing well i think that's I a sh- good one though that's like that's exactly the kind of answer i was looking for like i think we have all have something i mean truthfully for me it's probably people who can make beautiful paintings you know like i wish i had I, like i see that and i know i could cultivate that and work at that but i also have this belief that the people who are really really good at it it's what they do their whole life. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like what? that. It's like admiring someone who it's what they are. It's not even a, de- they can't even deny it, you know, but I want to do it to add to who I am. You know what I mean? Can I ask a question? Yes, of course. Even though, you know, you aren't the, in- you know, we're having a conversation. You can ask questions. I know. We're, <laughs> we're probably like way over your. We your are. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to edit. <laughs> um, what makes a painting beautiful? Oh, um, a lot of different things, actually. Um, color, texture, the the emotion that it uh, emits, emits, emits. Yeah. Um, how I feel when I stand in front of it. That's probably it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then there's just that talent. You know what I mean? Like the skill. Uh, there's a painter who I uh, probably my my favorite painting of all time at the moment and I don't have enough of a collection to really compare but it's um um Klimf, the kiss okay Gustav, I'm not Gustav familiar Klimf, with it but the kiss it's gorgeous it's just gorgeous golds and so much detail and so much emotion conveyed through it and I only have seen it on a print and on the computer you know Mm-hmm. And I can't even imagine what it's like to see it in person 
where you can see all of the light reflecting off the brush strokes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And where you, I mean, you can't even capture that no matter what you do. Just like you can't capture the sun, the sunset with an iPhone, you know? You can't get that, the layers of light. And um, there's a painter who will be on the show soon who is out of Northern Ireland. And her paintings are, they're abstract, I think is what you would call them. Because there's not like a specific shape or anything or identifiable thing. But she works a year on a painting. The layers upon layers upon layers that she adds to get basically the same glimmer in her paint that she sees when she looks out on the ocean. You know? That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's what beautiful. fascinates me. Yeah. I, I bet you have some images in your mind mm -hmm. um, that come to you that are just waiting to be put on the page. Mm-hmm. They're there. One day. So <laughs> you you you've seen the plus ones. I've been drawing yes. you know these. That's so these cool ones. too, by the way. I love that. I wish I could do that. I even tried so, to start doing that to drawing out my notes. I I drawing art was one of those things I did as a kid, really mm -hmm. moved away from. Me too. Me and, too. And a couple years ago it was like, you know what? I would like to improve at this. I've got things that I'd like to see on the page that are like in my in my brain that I don't know how to express in words. And so I just spent a little bit of time, um, found a couple of resources, how to draw in 30 days. Really? Uh, it's got it's got a lesson a day and it, it teaches you basic um, shapes and contours and shadowing and spacing and perspective and depth and and all of these things. Um, and and that really alone is is what what contributed you know a year plus later to be able to do these these plus ones the way that, that that I'm doing them but um wow so how to draw in 30 days mm -hmm. how okay. to draw in 30 days okay. um there's other ones uh drawing from the the right side of the brain and um i i started copying some of da vinci's drawings too to get get anatomy stuff but but yeah Point is, I think you can become a painter if you want to be a painter. Um, mm. You just have to put paint on the page. Right, right. I know. Darken, darken the page, right? That's right. the. I have to get some paints and some pages. That's where we'll start. Actually, I do. I did buy paints because this uh, artist that's going to be on the show, her name is Paloma. You might remember her. Paloma King. Fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So she actually um, emailed me this really beautiful, long explanation of how to begin painting and it was so gorgeous because it was paying attention to everything that you have around you that it's beautiful and it makes you happy because that's what stimulates your creativity and then she talked about you know ways to begin just getting familiar with the paint itself and you know like an inexpensive way like don't use canvases one after another just use pieces of wood and start feeling the paint and you know she did this beautiful thing for me gave me a gift of how to get started but I haven't done it yet I have to do that. When I, <laughs> I, I, I cannot wait to see your first painting. I love, um, you know, it's funny because, and this is an excuse, and I know it's an excuse, but um, singing, like if I'm practicing, mm -hmm. we don't, we, you know, we live in, in in a condo, so there's not a ton of space. So if I'm practicing loudly, uh -huh. like that's that's gonna be. I've been told that I'm not allowed to do that. Oh. <laughs> So well, if it, if to it give you an idea of like where I'm starting from, <laughs> painting, you, you, 
painting doesn't have to not disturb anyone right right well you'll have to rent some studio space that'll do it i'm flexible with my with my schedule now and my working spaces there's there's no excuse (laughs) (laughs) there's something i have i haven't chosen to commit to yet um there's there's um so many hours in the day and i know that that i've got a lot of life i hope that i've got a lot of life ahead of me and i'm sure that um there will come a time when that's space that I'd like to fill with singing. So that's until how I then, feel about I'll painting. continue to sing yeah. poorly. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about painting. Like I know it's there waiting for me when I'm ready. It's just waiting till I'm ready. And right now I have, I've got the luxury of saying that most days everything I'm doing, I'm enjoying. So, uh, and, and is bringing me forward. So I, um, don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm shorting the painting. I feel like when I get mm-hmm. there, it's waiting for me and I'll be ready for it. But yeah, yeah it'll be fun. I have to go. I have, I have to get to like Portugal. I think that's where the kiss painting is. I think in a, in a museum. So I'll have to find that out. Maybe that's my first trip out to Europe. Well, if it is, I'll be there in a, in a month or so. So I'll have to, I'll, I'll go looking for it. Okay. I will actually, I will, I will confirm that for you and tell you where it is. Okay. Cool. All right, um, boy. I don't want to. I don't want to stop. This is so much fun. You, you, you can you can play with painting when the time comes. Yes, exactly. I will totally be playing. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my Thank gosh, this so has been much so for... much fun. This has been yeah. really fun. Hey, um, I want to make sure people can find you. Do you have places that they can find you? Um, websites, social media, things like that. You'd like to mention? Yeah. So um, my last name's hard to to spell. Um, my website's michaelbalshan.com, but you can just go to michael.coach, um, M-I-C-H-A-E-L.coach. Um, that'll take you there. Um, I'm on Instagram and, um, Twitter at M Balshan. Um, and I'm on the Oasis as Michael. Um, so I'm really engaging a a ton, um, with the Oasis. My website's where I, I put, put out all sorts of fun stuff. And then, um, my email, all, all that stuff's on there. And I'm, I love connecting with people. I love supporting people. I love just, um, trying to, to make people's lives a little bit better, a little bit brighter, um, mm. bit by bit by bit. So absolutely would, would be tickled pink, um, or red or, or rose or whatever your fancy <laughs> whatever paint paint color are. I have that day. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for, for, for people to reach out and to, to start a conversation. So awesome. I hope they do. You'll have to let me know. This is this is wonderful. And I'll include all of this on the show notes for everybody. So watch for it there. Oh, Michael, I'm so glad we connected. And this was mm-hmm. just a pleasure. And maybe we'll get back together again when we have our painting and our singing kind of tuned yeah. in. Yeah. And we'll do this again. Yeah. <laughs> all or, right. Or, or at least starting. <laughs> right. Starting. Because, yeah, that might be a few years yet. All right. Well, thank you again so much. And we'll talk with you again soon. Sure. Take care. There are times when I do these shows and I don't really know the guest much at all. And I don't know Michael that well, but I had this impression of him. And he lived up to it, which is a pretty cool thing, right? What he really proved through the conversation is that he is intentional about the way he lives his life and the work that he does. And the takeaway for me was that I always feel when I want to learn something new, I have to make some sort of master plan and have a purpose for it. And that's not always the case. Like right now, I seriously want to dig in and learn more about Da Vinci. I will be practicing writing backwards. That is going to happen. 
And so I hope you found that too. What is the one thing you might explore next? Be sure to tell me on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. See you next time. So, are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.